Luke chapter 2. I think a lot of times um, we as churchgoers, we as people maybe even uh, who don't go to church that often, we have an idealized concept of people in the Bible. Um, Some of us may even think that they are, it's just nice stories, um, wonderful concept, but no big deal. Others of us may think, uh, well, man, they had it easy. Their life was easy. They could live for God whenever they wanted. They, uh, it was just every, everything was all awesome for them. But uh, we rarely think about maybe the social pressures that they had to go through, maybe the political climate at the time in history. We, we rarely think about the family ties or even the cultural temptations that were going on at the time. Most of us just kind of dismiss that. The Bible doesn't really tell us a whole lot about those things, but sometimes yeah, the Bible does allow us. But for the most part, we just have this idealized or this conceptualized idea of they must have had it easy. We don't understand the cultural, the political, the family. We don't understand all of those things. So what happens is we typically just dismiss them. Well, that probably wasn't around. They didn't have to go through the same things that we have to go through. We dismiss them as being irrelevant. Or, at the very worst case scenario, we treat them as non-existent. The reality is, these people who walked and talked in the Bible, they went through some things that you and I go through every single day. And when we dismiss those things and we push them aside and we find them as irrelevant, what happens is we're often left with a utopian idea of the perfect circumstances to accomplish what the Lord has called them to do. We are then led to make a series of terrible excuses like, if I didn't have all of these social pressures, I would be able to accomplish what God has called me to do in my life. If the political climate was different, then yeah, then I would be able to serve God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. If I had a different family... I would be able to do something different. If I had a different cultural uh, problem, then you know what? Then it would be okay. And we come up with all kinds of excuses why we can't or why we shouldn't fulfill what God is calling us to do. All kinds of excuses. I've heard all kinds. But I want you to understand this this morning. In every age of history, in every type of social pressure, in every conceivable kind of political climate, in all different kinds of family dynamics, and with absolute every temptation known to man, don't miss this, God has been calling people. God has been calling people. God has been reaching out to people. From the beginning of time, God has been saying, guys, I want you to do this. I want you to stand in the gap. I want you to come. I want you to help. I want you to walk with me. God has been knocking on the door and calling people to step out and accomplish something incredible with their lives. With all of that being said, let me ask you this question. Have you ever wondered what the Christmas story would be like if you were a part of it? Have you ever wondered what the Christmas story would be like if you were a part of it? Have you ever wondered what it would be like if you were Mary and Joseph? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever wondered what it would be like if you were the shepherds? Have you ever wondered what it would be like if you were the wise men? What if you were King Herod at the time? 
What, what would the story of Christmas be like if you, you put yourself in there, if you were a part of it? I mean, to seriously consider what the outcome would be if you were a part of the story. What would the outcome be if you were a part of the story? Over the next couple of weeks, I want to do my best to bring some of the characters of the Christmas story to life. But not just to life in general and just picture them in their old-fashioned clothes and uh, what they may have looked like. That's not the point of bringing somebody to life. The point of this is to our lives specifically. How do these people relate to us as individuals specifically here in 21st century Canada? Going through the things that we're going through. uh, Birth and death. Christmas and Easter. How does it all work together? So I specifically want to take a look this week at the shepherds. The shepherds. So let's look at Luke chapter 2. We'll begin in verse 1. The Bible says this, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, notice, that all the world should be taxed. Here's your political climate. How many of you love taxes? I do not. Okay. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Notice for what purpose to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife. Notice this, being great with child. She was ready to pop any day. And it was so, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Notice, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. I read these first seven verses just because I want you to see what's happening in the background. Remember, our focus today is on the shepherds, not Mary and Joseph but the shepherds. But I want you to see what's going on in the background. Mary and Joseph are in Nazareth. As the crow flies, that's approximately 75 miles away. So you got to think, they probably didn't walk as the crow flies. As the crow flies, some of you are looking at me like, what does that even mean? Okay, let me explain that to you. That's a straight line. Okay, The straight line from Nazareth to Bethlehem is 75 miles. From that point, they probably could have gone around a different way. Maybe they were like a lot of the other travelers in Israel at that time who didn't go through Samaria. They went around Samaria. That would be much more than 75 miles if they had to go around Samaria. So I want you to understand this. There was just a random man and a random woman in some town about a week's journey away, completely unattached to the shepherds, completely unaware that angels were appearing to these two different people and telling them that something miraculous was going to happen. They are completely unaware that a woman was with child. They are completely unaware that this woman had the Savior of the world in her womb. Completely unaware. You say, what does this have to do with anything, Pastor Owens? I want you to write this down. Number one, God is working. Write it down. God is working. 
I don't want you to raise your hand this morning, but just think, how many of you know and feel that God is working right now in your life? Some of you, I would say, are doubting that. I don't feel it. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I'm not sure if I'm even happy with that or not. Listen, again, whether or not we see it, whether we feel it, whether we are happy with it or not, listen, God is working. Well, he's not working here. I didn't say that. I said God is working. There are times in our lives when we are completely unaware of what God is doing. Completely unaware of what God is doing. We are going about our days and just going through the motions and just every day is the same as the next. And it's easy for us to forget that God is working. See, this time of year can be easy for us to forget that God is working. You know why? Because malls are full of people. Anybody enjoy malls? I despise malls, especially this time of year. I'm, I'm, I'm making it a commitment at some point in my life. I'm going to do my Christmas shopping in February so that I don't have to deal with people at malls and stores. I don't, I, listen, you look around and you see everything that's going on and you just go, ugh. Look at what, I mean, the commercialized Christmas of what we have in our world today. Listen, it's easy for us to forget about Christ in Christmas. It's easy for us to forget that God is working even in this time. Maybe this year, this time of year is very difficult for you. Maybe you struggle at this time of year. And it's easy to forget that God is working. Maybe this time of year brings back a lot of hurtful memories. So maybe it's a struggle for you. Maybe this time of year is really slow for you at work. So you just kind of get in this blah state. Ah. Or maybe this time of year is really busy for you and all you can think about is work and doing all the things that you need to get done. It's easy for us to forget that God is working. Maybe some of us are crazy busy. You're just going along day by day. Day by day, waiting and wondering if, when, how, how is God going to work in our lives? And I encourage you this morning, God is working. God is working. You may not see it, you may not hear it, you may not understand it, but hear me, God is working. And if you will allow him, he will work on you while you're waiting. While you're waiting for God to do something spectacular in your life, for God to show up in the middle of the night and in your dream and, and tell you that you're supposed to do, while you're waiting for that, God can work on you if you allow him. I want you to show, show you a verse, Isaiah 40, 31. Notice this. But they that wait upon the Lord, notice, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. If we will wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Let him work in you and through you. Listen, God is working, so trust that. And say, God, I want you to use me when and where you can. I'm ready. I'm willing. Work on me. Prepare me. Help me to be ready for that time when you call me because I know you're working somewhere. 
You work on me at the same time. Let's take a look at what the shepherds are doing while all of this in the background is going on. Look at verse 8. The Bible says this, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Okay? Oftentimes it's easier for us just to blow past this verse, but I want you to understand this. They were just doing what they did every other day. What was normal for them? You know that shepherds, it's normal for shepherds to watch sheep. Normal. That's what they did. That was their job. That's all they did. They just watched sheep. They're just going about their business. They're doing what their everyday life commanded that they do. In your spot, ready, waiting, waiting. Then all of a sudden, the night sky lights up. Oh, not because it's a UFO, but because it's an angel. Hosanna, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. What an amazing, incredible situation. When the glory of the Lord shines round about them, they are sore afraid. But here's my second statement. Not only is God working, number two, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. I'm not talking about Bible Baptist Church as a whole, although God wants to use Bible Baptist Church as a whole. I'm talking about you. You in particular. You, where you sit, right where you are today, God wants to use you. You. Some of you might be scared by that. Some of you might be a little freaked out that that might happen. You might feel unfit, not ready. The list could go on and on and on, but can I encourage you with this? God wants to use you. You may even feel like someone else is better suited for the job. No, surely somebody else is better at this than I would be. But listen, God wants to use you. You might not understand every detail that's entailed. Well, how am I going to? Well, how am I going to accomplish? Well, how, how, how? You may not understand everything. Can I just encourage you with this? God wants to use you. Well, notice with me what God wanted them to do. Look at verse 10. The Bible says this, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Watch this. Which shall be to all people. See, this news that was going to be given to them was news that needed to be passed on to all people. It's good news to all people. It was supposed to go to all people. Look at verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. So the information was, this is where you find him. What did God want them to do? Go. Go find him. Go see the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This is not just something dreaded that they would have to do. Ugh, God's calling me to go do this. I guess I'll go see the Savior of the world. I'll be the first one there. 
This was not something dreaded, something, oh, I have to do this. Listen, this was something extremely joyous that they would get to do. They would get to do. This was not an arduous task. This was an incredible opportunity. So many of us look at what God wants us to do as an arduous task, don't we? An arduous, oh, all right. If I have to go work on the bus, I'll go work on the bus. All right, if I have to teach that Sunday school class, I'll teach that Sunday school class. If I have to stand up here and, do, uh, and, and, and sing some music or play some music, I'll do that. Or all right, if I have to talk to my neighbor, or if I have to do this, listen, no, you get the incredible opportunity to tell your neighbor about Christ. You get the incredible opportunity to serve the Lord. You get the incredible opportunity. The shepherds got the incredible opportunity to see the Savior. It wasn't an arduous task. It was an incredible opportunity. But notice verse 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Would it not be much better for us if we just did what we were called to do? Most of us, when confronted with something like this, we'd sit around and go, hmm, not really sure. That was weird. <laughs> Whoa. Look at verse 17. S 16, sorry. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Here's number three. You can accomplish the task. God is working. He wants to use you. And you can accomplish the task. Very simply, the shepherds went. They went, they saw baby Jesus, and then when they saw him, they told everyone they could about what they had seen and what they had heard. Some of you might be sitting here thinking, well, yeah, if an angel chorus comes to me at night and tells me what to do, you better believe I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's never happened to me. How do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know? Listen, listen, let me challenge the thought if an angel were to appear to you. Let me challenge the thought if I would do what I was called to do if an angel called me to do it. Some of you are sitting here listening to this, and you know for a fact that God is calling you to reach out to your neighbor. You know it. Every single time you walk by their house or drive by, a little prick in your heart says, you need to talk to them. A little prick in your heart says, hey, drop some goodies off to them. Hey, drop them off a Christmas card or just go talk to them. You know it's happening. You don't need an angel to tell you. You know some of you know for a fact that God is calling you to help a friend. 
to pick up the phone call and say, hey, I heard about, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. You know that God is calling you to do that. Every time their name pops up on your phone, you think, oh man, I gotta, I gotta do something about that. You don't need an angel to tell you. Some of you know for a fact that God is calling you to give the gospel to your coworker. You know it. It's there all the time. It's in front of you every waking moment. You know every time you walk into work, you're getting ready. You go into that workplace and you know you're going to see this person. And all you can think about is, i got to give them the gospel. Listen, you don't need an angel to tell you that. You know it. You know it. Some of you know for a fact that God is calling you to do something nice for a, a family who's in need this Christmas. You know it. You know who that family is. You know where they are, what their need is. You've, you've been allowed of God to know that. Listen, you know that God is calling you to do it. You know it. You don't need an angel to tell you so. You see, we get an idealized concept of the people in the Bible. Oh, okay, well, anytime I'm supposed to do something, an angel has to tell me. Reality is, no, God is speaking to you right now about something. And I encourage you, you can accomplish the task. There may even be some of you sitting here in this room that you know God is calling you to be a missionary. You know it. Or a pastor. Or a teacher. Listen, you know it, you know it, you know it. But you're wondering, what's the social pressure? What, what am I going to have to accomplish? How do I do it? Listen, you can accomplish the task. We are so good at coming up with all kinds of excuses. It's cold outside. I don't want to go walk over to my neighbor's house. Well, what if they think, well, what if, well, how, and we just constant, 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 constant. We're constantly coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse why we shouldn't or couldn't or why it's not socially acceptable. Constantly. you're in the habit of writing things down, I want you to write this down. If God is calling you to it, he will help you through it. Simple. If God is calling you to it, he will help you through it. If God is calling you to step out and reach out to that neighbor, or reach out to that person in the community, or reach out to that coworker, or reach out to someone, listen to me, just do it, and he will help you through it. He will. He promises us if we will do it, He will be there. And lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Listen, when the end of the world comes, I will be with you. Reaching out to your neighbor is not the end of the world. Telling your coworker the gospel is not the end of the world. Listen, going into Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus, the Savior of the world, guess what? It's not the end of the world. He's with you. Many commentators have made mention that the shepherds were one of the lowest on the societal ladder. For lack of a better term, they were outcasts. 
Oh, they lived outside of the cities, and they would take care of the sheep. And yeah, sheep was an important aspect of Jewish life back then, yes. But the shepherds, dirty, stinky. It is said that they would never attend a, uh, take a break at a Sabbath because you can't just walk away and leave the sheep. And so they were religious outcasts as well. Again, I'm not sure if any of this is particularly true, but I want you to see this. Many commentators have even pointed out that the shepherds were not even trustworthy enough to testify in court. So talk about societal pressure. Lowest in society, not even willing or able to testify in court. They have all this societal pressure. Who would believe them? Who would believe them? Would people think that they were crazy? Would anyone even listen? Are those not thoughts that every one of us has had? Who would believe me if I told told my neighbor about Jesus Christ. Oh man, they probably think I'm crazy if I drop that off for them. What if they don't listen? Can I encourage you with something? God did not call them to convince people. He simply called them to tell everyone. Most of the time we think it's our job to do the convincing. And listen, I think it's important that we know what we're talking about. I think it's important to have an answer for every man that asketh of you the reason of the hope that is in you. It's important to have that. But listen, God just simply called them, just tell everyone. Look at verse 18 again. And all they that heard it, look what they did, wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So the lowest of society, the, the outcasts, the people who aren't really on the inn, they go around telling everybody, hey, we just saw the Savior of the world. An angel came and a host of angels after that and they, they sang to us and there was this light shining around us. I mean, it was incredible and we went and we saw that Savior. Just like they said, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was laying in a manger and there's this lady there and man, her name's Mary and Joseph. They're from Bethlehem a long way away. Look what the Bible says again, verse 18, and all they that heard it wondered at those things. It does not say that, oh, everybody that heard it believed those things. All they that heard it fell down on their knees and just worshipped. It doesn't say that. It says they wondered. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Amazing. It got them thinking. They had seen and heard something miraculous. And all their job was to do was to tell everyone about it. And they did just that. They did just that. Again, societal pressure, political pressure, all kinds of pressures upon them. Yet they just went out and did what they were called to do. They had seen, they had heard something miraculous and for lack of a better word, 
They had experienced Jesus Christ. And with that, with that, just that experience of seeing the angels, meeting Jesus Christ, with that, guess what? They were fully equipped to tell everyone what they had seen and heard. I've had people in this church say to me, if I had gone to Bible college, then I could do what you do. Listen, I can just encourage you with this. If you've experienced Jesus Christ, if you know him as your personal savior, guess what? You are fully equipped to do what I'm doing. You are fully equipped. Why? Because they had seen and they had heard. You have seen and you have heard. You can accomplish the task. Have you ever experienced kindness? Guess what? You're fully equipped to show kindness. Have you ever experienced love? Guess what? You're fully equipped to show love. Have you ever experienced salvation? Let me encourage you, you're fully equipped to tell someone else how they can receive salvation. So you know what it's like. You know what it feels like to be on the receiving end. You know it. You can feel it. You've seen it. You've been there before. Can I encourage you with this? This Christmas, why don't we who are sitting here this morning, why don't we be on the giving end? This Christmas. The Bible says it is far, far more blessed to give than to receive. This Christmas, why don't we who are sitting here be on the giving end of what we've already seen and heard in our lives? This is going to be our theme verse over the next couple of weeks. I want to show it to you right now. 1 Peter 4 and 10. As every man hath received the gift, watch this, even so minister the same one to another. How? As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Every one of us has experienced kindness, love. I hope if you've not experienced salvation yet, listen, would you please let us show you that this morning? From the Bible, how you can know Jesus as your personal Savior. But listen, if you've experienced this, listen, so minister, so give, display it, give it out the same one to another. How? As good stewards. Listen, what you've been given is what you ought to give. Give out. Manifold stewards, good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Each gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each gospel portrays Jesus from a different perspective. Luke portrays Jesus, listen to this, as the Son of Man. The Son of Man. Is it any wonder why that the first message of Jesus being born is given to the regular, everyday, common man? The first message of Jesus is born. It doesn't go to the king. It doesn't go to the diplomat. It doesn't go to the well-versed. It doesn't go to the college graduate. It doesn't go to them. It goes to the everyday common man. You know why that is? Because everybody, everybody, even you can accomplish the task. 
doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter your upbringing. doesn't matter your, your level of, of schooling. doesn't matter what your occupation is. doesn't matter how old you are. It does not matter. You can accomplish what God called you to. Let me ask you honestly this morning. Has God called you to something? Has God called you to something? Something as small as saying a kind word to your neighbor, to something as big as spending the rest of your life as a missionary on a foreign field. And everything in between has God called you to something. Has he called you to reach out in some way? Let me ask you this question. What's holding you back? What's stopping you? What's keeping you from accomplishing this task? One of the first things that the angel of the Lord says to them is, fear not. Listen, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of what the culture is going to say about you. You don't have to be afraid of what, uh, you're, what they're going to think. You don't have to be afraid. Understand, you can accomplish the task. As we look at the shepherds this morning and as we think about them, listen, God called them to do something. They're no different than you or I. In fact, we might be better than they are on the cultural level. But I want you to understand, they just accomplished it. What would Christmas be like if you were the shepherds? Would you have just dismissed the message? Would you have gone to Bethlehem and say, oh, we have to see this and we have to tell everyone about it? What would Christmas look like if you were a part of the story? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you've done for us. Father, as we look at your story of Christmas, story of when you were born, Father, we can't help but think about what would happen if I was one of those shepherds. What would I say? What would I do? Where would I be? Would I have been prepared to receive that news and do something with it? Father, I pray that as we look inward today, that we would make a decision for you. We would allow you to work in our lives, that we would allow the call that you've placed on our lives to be so moving that we can't sit still any longer. We have to accomplish it. Father, we'll give you the praise and the honor and glory for it. It's all these things in your name.